Welcome to True North Vineyard Podcast, where we share our Sunday gathering messages. True North is a vibrant church plant community located in Traverse City, Michigan area. We are centered in the Bible and follow the example of Jesus praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We hope that our Sunday gathering messages encourage you to lean into the word of God and compel you to take action. To connect with us, visit our website, vineyardtruenorth.churchcenter.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at True North Vineyard. Oh my gosh, a year goes by fast, doesn't it? Yeah. A year ago, I was like, this is amazing. Let's start this thing. This is awesome. Well, <laughs> my aunt's here taking photos of me. Thank you so much. No. I look over and I'm looking at the side. Well, my aunt's from California. My uh, second cousin's here. It's pretty awesome. No, you're great. Welcome. You, you have allowed yourself to be embarrassed by the community, so... Uh, if this is your first time, um, we're uh, doing a little thing different today, so if, you're, if you come back another time, it's going to be just a different service. I'm going to be a little shorter today than I normally am, um, and children are normally downstairs, so if I get distracted because I don't have kids, please be okay with me like going, why is that happening over here? <laughs> anyway, it has been a journey. Um, this year, when we thought we were going to, uh, when we started this thing, um, I had all these different ideas about what church was supposed to be. Um, I had this grand vision of, you know, what it was going to look like. I remember, you know, if you guys were in the, uh, if you were part of our launch team, I would have slideshows. And I would say, this is what the church is going to look like. This is the model we're going to do. These are the things that we're going to attempt to try to do. And about six months in, none of that was working. Like, I had to, like, figure out how to not bore everyone to death with my preaching. Still working on that, so I apologize. (laughs) I'm still working on not, like, putting you all to sleep with stuff. But... We came in this thing having this grand vision of what we thought was church. And I think in a lot of ways, like, we realize that even though there are, um, even though there's ways of doing church that are good, we realized it wasn't working for our community because we were driving at something that I think was desire-based. I desired to, it, to make it look a certain way. I wanted things to have a different appeal. And as we kind of maneuvered through and allowed the Spirit to kind of correct us, we saw that the Lord changed our community pretty drastically. And the way that things have been going, I feel like the Lord's been in it. I feel like the Lord's really changed our entire approach to what ministry is, what this community looks like, And I'm really, really excited for the next 20, 30, 40 years of doing life with you. I am so stoked to put the Spirit first. So today, I kind of want to talk on this idea of the tension between being on mission and listening to the Spirit. Because we can have all these plans, but it's the Lord that orders our steps. And if we are submitted to Him, He's going to put us on mission in His way. But 
if we are just trying to do it on our own, we're going to miss what the Lord wants to do. So let me jump into a couple texts tonight. I'll be quick. Um, Jump to Matthew 28. This is a passage that I say almost every day to you. So if you're not familiar with this, you will be if you join our church. This is my favorite passage in all the New Testament. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And I want to compare this to Acts uh, Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. It says, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of of Pergia and Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysa and headed north of the province of Bithynia, but again the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead they went on to Mysa and to the seaport of Troas. That night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia, northern Greece, was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the gospel there. I love this passage. When Jesus resurrects on the third day, he tells his disciples to meet him up in Galilee. And the 11 remaining apostles go and they meet him. And Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. I have become the king. I now am the ruler of heaven. And now I am the ruler of earth. I am conquering. And you, you 12, you guys are going to go and you guys are going to make disciples of all the nations. But out of context, we can read that. And the first thing we're going to think is, okay, we got to go. We got to do the mission. It's our job. We got to run and just do it. And we got to preach it. And that's all we've got to do. But that's a little out of context. Because the story continues from there. Where the apostles spend the next 40 days with Jesus. And the day that Jesus leaves on that 40th day, he says, hey, guys, before you go, don't leave Jerusalem. Just wait. Because you're going to receive the promise of the Father soon. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive power from on high. And then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. When Jesus goes into heaven... The disciples, along with 120 people, go into an upper room, and they begin to pray. And then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out. Jesus gives them the Spirit. It's with the Spirit that everything else happens. The Spirit guides the apostles into ministry. It is there that the, 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 that the Holy Spirit guides the apostles to create a community, to share their wealth, to love the, uh, the, love the poor, to heal the sick, to do etc., etc., etc. It's the working of the Spirit that led the mission. So we get to this passage in Acts chapter 16, which is 20 to 25 years after the death of Jesus. And Paul is on his second missionary journey, and he's going into the next town And the Holy Spirit says, hey, hold on. There's that subtle nudge of, hey, this doesn't feel right. Okay, 
We're going to go to the next town. Hey, hold on. It's not right. It's not okay. You need to wait. So then he said, let's pray. Let's sit down and just pray. And the Holy Spirit gives them a vision. And it's a man from Macedonia and says, why don't you come here and tell us the gospel here? And it's from that that they interpreted, that's what God wants us to do. That's where the mission is. Learning what is the mission and what is the Lord leading us to is a journey. But that's what we're about. This is our calling. To not just do the mission, not just go and serve and pour your heart out and just do and do and do. It is a life that is connected to the vitality of the Spirit, that we are loving Him, that we are connected to Him, that we are understanding those subtle moments where He's the one nudging our heart. He's the one that's guiding us into mission, that we aren't missing what He's saying. That's what I really want to talk about tonight. So what is a... What does a church look like when it's just focused on mission, devoid of the Spirit? Well, a a church that's just focused on the mission is going to have a bunch of rules. You're just going to do things. Here's what you do. This is what the Bible says. You need to run your life this way. You need to do X, Y, Z. This is what holiness looks like. This is what your life should be. You need to do these things to get this result. Unfortunately, that falls short. That creates a place of legalism. We create a to-do list, but we forget that there's a relationship to be had. We forget that there's a connectivity to the one who's been given to us. And so we're just focused on doing, but we're not actually focused on experiencing God. However, the opposite is true. A life in the spirit devoid of mission runs into mysticism and Gnosticism. I, I, was, uh, I was trained in the Pentecostal charismatic camp, right? And so my training was, we need to be pushing after these spiritual experiences. We need to always be pushing into the next revival. We need to experience his presence. We need to cry. We need to weep. We need to fall over. We need to see a healing. And all those things are good in of themselves, but... The thing is, is those became the pinnacle of spirituality. Those became the markers of what we were looking for for a healthy church. But it wasn't focused in on the people outside who were hurting. It wasn't focused on the mission. It was focused on just existential, experiential life. What we are doing at this church is we're trying to live both. We want to be conscious of the fact that we are on mission. There are people out there that are hurting, that are broken, that are in need of what we have. But at the same time, we need to realize that there is a spirit who lives in us. If we've accepted Jesus, you've been given the spirit. He lives in you. He is now reigning in your life. And that is the most important part that you need to know, is that he is with you at all times. He's the guide. So we have this component where we are going after the world, 
But we don't leave the Spirit behind. He's the one who is leading us. He's the one who's building us. He's the one that's actually pushing us on mission. Which leads me to my first point. Is that we want to be a people trained by the Scripture and led by the Spirit. The Scriptures are to lead us to a reality of the Spirit, of a life in the Spirit. Like, I've been to churches where we go and we do these expository things, and it's always like, okay, here's what we need to know. This is what you do. But the way that Paul, the Apostle Paul looks at it, especially if you look at uh, 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 Romans 8, Galatians 5, they're talking about a life in the Spirit. They're saying this is our inheritance, not the law, but the Spirit is our inheritance. We read this because it's a tutor. This is training us for this. The Bible is, uh, the Bible is a tutor that teaches us and trains us about God and our purpose. But it's the Holy Spirit's role to give life to the passages that we read. He leads us into, a, into holy lives because he wants us to reflect God's attributes to the world and because he wants to have a dynamic relationship with us. We don't just do the Bible because it says to do it. We are to live the scriptures because we have a dynamic relationship with God and we seek to serve him. My second point of the night, and this is something that's been the most dramatic change for me, from being a charismatic who is looking for these dynamic power encounters, the thing that's been the most alarming to me is God usually works subtly. Usually he works through circumstance. Usually he works through other people. And oftentimes the greatest encounters I've had with the Spirit are not the times where I'm weeping in the truck or and I'm having these great moments reading the scripture. Usually it is I have a mentor who comes alongside and says, hey, you're missing it here. You're missing it here. Have you listened to the Spirit about this? I have somebody else who comes who didn't know about this conversation and say, hey, I heard about this. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And a third person comes along and says the same exact thing. I've had that so many times where we'll have a mentor talk. I'll have Zach come up to me. I'll have David or Jesse. And each of you guys have contributed to that reality where God is just speaking subtly to guide us into the next part of our life. Some ways that we understand that he works subtly is this, is the first way I want us to kind of build a relationship with the Spirit so that we do understand the subtle things is we want to have a heart posture towards him. When I wake up in the morning and I haven't pressed into him, most of the time I miss the things I want, like what he wants me to see. I miss that close connection. But during the mornings, if I set my heart right, oftentimes I'll feel the subtle nudge. I'll feel that moment where the Lord says, I want you to talk with this person. I want you to bring this word to so-and-so. I want you to experience this from me. When we have a heart posture towards I love you, it opens us up to recognize and to be sensitive to the Spirit. That's what my hope is for you this year, is that you become sensitive to those subtle nudges. 
I'll end on this story here. And there's a story that John Wimber has. Um, John Wimber was uh, the pastor who started the Vineyard Movement out in Anaheim. He's deceased now, but uh, written in his book, uh, Jack Deere writes this story where he's in this healing meeting with John Wimber. And John Wimber calls out a woman and says, there's a woman in here that has cancer. And in a group of 4,000 people, no one comes forward. And he says, there's a woman in here that has a pink dress on and you have cancer, come forward. And no one comes forward. He says, there's a woman in here who has a pink dress and she's flown in on an airplane on Tuesday to come to sunny California two days before the event so that she could come here and be healed. You need to come forward. And the lady in the pink dress runs up to the front and she gets prayed for. So Jack Deere goes over and says, wow, how did you get that? Did you just have this like miraculous moment? And John's like, no, it wasn't miraculous at all. I just, he's like, so how did you do it? He's like, well, I felt there was impression that there was a lady in here who had cancer. And when no one came forward, I said, God, can you give me some more information? And then I looked out into the crowd and I just saw the color pink. And he's like, so you thought that there was this pink dress that this woman had on? He's like, yeah, that's what I thought it was. That's what I interpreted it to be. So, okay, so how did you get the airplane? He said, well, I saw this airplane. And uh, he's like, so you said she came on on Tuesday. Well, he's like, I made an assumption. Everyone who comes into our meeting comes down to Southern California a couple days early on a vacation. And they usually come on a Tuesday because our conference comes on a Thursday. So I saw airplanes, so I thought she came in on a Tuesday because that's what everybody else does. John Wimber had gotten to a point where he trusted the Lord in these subtle places. John Wimber would tell us a lot is a lot of times it's not the big dynamic visions that we get that are the most dramatic. Usually it's the subtle pieces. It's the subtle instances. It's those little tiny nudges that we get that we need to act on. So if there's a path forward this year that I'm hoping for us to get a hold of, is that we become a people sensitive to the Spirit. Because we have a mission. We're going after this dream. We want people to be set free. But before we set people free, I want you to know that you have an advocate. That you have a personal relationship. Jesus says this in John 16. He says, it is better that I go away because the advocate is coming to you. And when the Spirit of God comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will teach you the things that I have spoken about, and he will administrate what I say. As followers of Christ, you have been given something greater than anything else. You've been given the Holy Spirit, and he is your friend. He is the one that guides you into all truth. He is the one that leads you to a path of righteousness. He's someone who leads you to compassion for those who are broken. As a community, my hope for you is when we get into our small groups at the end of the night, we become a people who pursue the Spirit's agenda for each other. That's why we do the small groups afterwards. We gather up, we ask the Holy Spirit to come. Sometimes he heals through a physical or mental, emotional or spiritual condition, leave somebody. Sometimes it's a word of counsel. Sometimes it's peace. 
but we want that to be your normal. And not only do we want it to be normal that you get healed, but we want that normal so that you understand the subtle nudges in the small group, so that when you experience the Holy Spirit when we're asking, you're able to take that into your place of work, your place of residence, your sphere of influence. Because when you feel the Spirit in our small groups, then you feel confident to take it elsewhere. We want to be a people, we want to be a community that seeks after God and his presence so that we are sensitive to when he speaks to us out there for the broken. Because they need what you have. And you need him. The greatest, and I'll end on this last thing, the greatest rebuke I got this year came from a friend. And he said, Jared, I've recognized that you have some areas in your life. Have you taken your time to focus in on the Spirit? Have you taken time to deal with your relationship with the Lord? Because it's good that you're pastoring, it's good that you're teaching, but teaching is not enough in our work. And I remember that subtle rebuke of, hey, are you managing your heart? Are you building that relationship with the Spirit? That was the best thing that could ever be told to me. So I wanna say that to you in conclusion. If we intend to grow the church, I don't want it to do it through just normal ways of doing church. I don't want to just do the mega church thing. I don't want to just throw a thousand flyers on every door and just get everybody to come because it's an attraction. I want people when they come into these walls to experience the life that you are stewarding with the Lord. That you have the answer when they come and need help. That the Holy Spirit is on your life so they can break off the darkness that's on theirs. This is where we're going. We are a community that's falling after the life of the Spirit. That is why we're doing Alpha. That's why we're inviting people on Wednesday. That's why we're inviting them to have these conversations with us. We are giving you an opportunity to bring people into an environment where the Spirit's changing their lives. It's why we invite people to come to church, so that you have an opportunity to pray for them and to see them set free. Your life in the Spirit will set people free from darkness. So my hope this year, more than any other grand vision, is that you get a hold and take hold of that life in the Spirit. Are you doing that well? Are you stewarding your relationship with God well? Because if you are, you'll be effective. If you are not, we're not going to grow. Okay. Said enough. Why don't you stand? I'll bless you, and we'll call tonight. You can hang out. If you do me a favor, just put your hands out in front of you. This is just a, a posture to the Lord of just receiving. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray over your people today. I pray that you would bless them with your power. I, bless, I ask that you would come and meet with them, that they would feel just that subtle touch in their heart, 
Lord, that they would walk away from here desiring your presence, that they would want to know you, that they'd want to get to know every part about what you have to offer them. Lord, I pray that in their pursuit, they would find their purpose. I pray that in their pursuit, they would experience your joy and your peace. And Lord, I thank you just for their heart. And I thank you that they're here tonight. And I pray that you would continue to touch them and mold them and shape them in your image. I bless them in Jesus' name. All right, we have a thousand other things. Please feel free to hang out. Enjoy. If you want prayer, uh, we'll just have a couple people just in the wings if you need that. But other than that, please enjoy, have fun. I'll see you next week. Thanks again for tuning in to the True North Vineyard Podcast. We hope that you are blessed by this message. To connect with us, be sure to visit our website, vineyardtruenorth.churchcenter.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at True North Vineyard. We hope to see you soon.